Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, alongside Kristen. Our lovely producer slash third host, Jesse, is out this week, but we miss her, and we will see her on the next episode. Um, yep. And yes, this is going to be a fun episode. We have a special guest who we'll get into in a second. Um, I do want to mention, as I always do, that the Mickey Blog Podcast is brought to you by our partner and sponsor in Mickey Travels, your diamond-level Disney vacation planners. So contact Mickey Travels today if you need help planning your Disney vacation, which is really what this entire episode is going to be about, planning what your- it's all about, folks. Exactly. So, Kristen, first of all, how are you? How's your week going? Uh, Good. I know you're upset that the barges are still- not gone from Epcot, but we're going to get through Guys, it. Guys, let's keep it real for a minute, okay? They're still there. It's day three. It feels like day one million. And it's, you know, you know, you guys know we're in the parks all the time. So I was there covering Epcot forever on Monday. And it was very distracting having the barges there. And I'm upset about it. And I'm detailing how upset I am in our stories on Mickey blog on Instagram. So follow along if you, like me, are upset because it's upsetting. Thank you for opening this wound, Jared, yeah, so early in the yeah. show. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's shift gears and and introduce our guests before Kristen starts getting upset. Uh, so this week's episode is a special edition of the podcast because we are talking all things Plan Disney. Plan Disney, of course, is an incredible program that is run alongside the Disney Parks blog and alongside Disney. It's it's very cool. We're going to jump all into that. And we have a former panelist on the podcast. So if you're not familiar with Plan Disney, you're going to learn all about it today. And uh, we're going to talk to a special guest. So getting into that special guest, Kayleen Jablecki has a wealth of Disney Parks expertise that she has loved sharing for nearly all of her life. She has stayed at every Disney resort on property, is a former Florida resident where she spent numerous days enjoying Walt Disney World as a teen. Since then, she has helped organize countless magical vacations, including honeymoons and multi-generational family reunions. She says that the large age span of her five children has helped with assisting others plan their family vacations for every age group. She was first selected to be a part of the Disney Moms panel back in 2010 and was also a part of Disney's Magical Planning Group uh, in 2011, 2013, 2014, and 2018. Lastly, she also happens to be my mother, by the way. Fun fact for the uh, listeners out there. And uh, yeah, I was I was sort of waiting to drop that little bomb. But yes, this is this is my mom. This is the whole reason why I really got into this industry. Um, so I owe a lot of that to her. But we're not going to talk about me. Uh, we do enough of that on this podcast. So let's jump right into it. Uh, I can't call you Kayleen. Mom, how, how are you doing? And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Um, looking forward to sharing a little bit about Plan Disney with you. Absolutely. So to better help our audience sort of understand what Plan Disney is, can you sort of uh, explain a little bit about what it is to our listeners who might not be aware of it? And so I guess... How would you best describe uh, Plan Disney? Well, Plan Disney, which is actually formally known as the Walt Disney World Moms Panel, and then it was a Disney Parks Moms Panel, 
It's an online forum where guests can ask vacation planning questions to panelists who have been individually selected by um, Disney for their proven experience and knowledge when it comes to planning a Disney vacation. Um, this resource is available in English, Spanish, French, Portuguese. And um, on um, in addition to asking questions of the panelists, you can also use their resources of planning videos, top 10 lists, and that sort of thing. Awesome. So it's it's essentially like your one-stop tool for planning a Disney vacation. Um, and not necessarily a travel agent like our partners over at Mickey Travels, but, but more so uh, a resource for anybody who's trying to plan a Disney vacation. Correct. Awesome. Yep. Interesting. Um, so I have a question. So how, like, let's start at the beginning. How did you get involved with the Plan Disney, Disney Moms? How did that come to be? I know, I know, from my own knowledge, there's quite an interview process. So like, take us through a little bit of that. Okay, so uh, in late 2007 is when I first heard about the then soon to be Walt Disney World Moms panel. Um, and I knew immediately it was something that I wanted to be a part of. I decided that year to throw my hat in the ring and I made it to round two out of three. And um, hearing that about 20,000 people had applied, I was proud of making it to round two and went on with my life. Um, the next year, which late 2008, <clears throat> for what would have been the 2009 panel, I applied again. This time I made it to round three, which included the phone interviews. Um, I really recall being incredibly nervous and not at all myself on that interview. Um, <clears throat> and I let that get the best of me. As soon as I hung up the phone, actually, I knew that I had blown it. And I told myself, if I ever get the chance to do this again, I'm just going to be Kayleen and they can either choose me for me or not, but at least I'm going to be my authentic self. But I also felt that my chances of getting to round three, again, were pretty slim to none with 20,000 people. But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try it again. So um, the third year, which would have been the fall then of 2009, was um, when I threw my hat again. And this time um, I made it to round three again. And um, that time I was just myself. I smiled through the whole interview. I had fun with it. There were no nerves. And um, all the rest is history because I was invited onto the panel that year, which was 2010. So that's how my little history there. Awesome. So you first you know, dove into this and tried to sort of be in the panel. What year was your first time that you actually applied for it? Well, I applied back in, initially it would have been the first year. The first year of the panel was 2008, and I applied for that, which was 2007 slash 8. Okay, I got you. All right, so obviously uh, I know many of our listeners are going to listen and be like, Jared, why are you asking such formal questions? Your mother, you grew up with this person. <laughs> Just bear with me to our audience. I'm trying to, trying to help our audience better understand, um, you know, plan Disney in general, because it is an incredible resource that Disney provides. But beyond that, I do want to dive into, you know, how this all started. Um, because obviously, long before you get to a point where you want to plan a Disney vacation or book Disney vacations, like our friends over at Mickey Travels, um, you, you know, you got to start by, you know, first being a fan, and you got to start by loving it. So, so when did that all start for you? And, and is there like a first memory that you think of uh, probably long before Jared was, it was even a thought uh, before you, uh, but yeah, when did that all start for you when it comes to Disney specifically? 
Um, goes back to my childhood. Um, my first trip to Walt Disney World was in the spring of 2000. I'm sorry. Oh, right. I wish. <laughs> it was in the spring of 1984. <laughs> I was 12 years old. I went with my mom and my brother. And um, <laughs> that I remember Epcot had opened just a two, few years prior to that. Um, my favorite character and ride at the time was the old Figment, um, Journey into Imagination, with the the original one. And um, so that kind of, I fell in love with Disney for my very first trip when I was 12. And then um, I lived in Florida in my teens and um, frequented the parks at that time. So as far as just for myself and my love for Disney, it was in my own childhood, but I didn't really take it to the next level until I had children of my own. Awesome. So uh, I'm excited for Kristen to speak more to you because she is also a mom. And that's really a focus of this podcast because I think when it comes to planning a Disney trip, you know, obviously what makes Disney special and unique is that it is for people of all ages um, and people who can go as a couple or people who can go as a large family or as we mentioned previously, a giant family reunion. So that's what I think it, it it's unique for, but but I will uh, I'll let Kristen talk so I don't ramble too much. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, you touched on it a little, but how did it shift from like planning trips to like I'm this is I'm gonna help others. This is this is I wanna do something more with this. How does that happen? So um well, I first took my oldest daughter, Sierra, who's now 31, um, when she was about two, two or three. And, um, and you know, I started to see the magic through her eyes. It's different when you're seeing it if you're a mom, too, through yeah. the eyes of your children versus yourself. I remember loving it at 12, but I love it so much more seeing and experiencing it with my own children. Um, so it first started with Sierra, and then um, I ended up with five children and um, actually took all five together for the first time when Cassia, who's now a senior in high school, was three months old. And um, Malia was two, Sean was four, Jared was eight, and Sierra was 12. And um, so it was all five crazy three-month-old baby up till 12. <laughs> but anyway, so um, that's where it really all started. And, um, and, you know, looking back now, it's the memories of being in the Crystal Palace with the little ones looking at Tigger and Pooh and, and we, it was those little pieces that you take on your own trips with your kids that you build on um, each time. So now um, Crystal Palace for breakfast is still a family tradition that we've done since they were that very first trip with all five of them. And, you know, it's you each time you add different things to that, but I'm kind of roundabout way of getting back to your question here, I suppose. But um, it's like being, you know, in a different world when you're with your family, you're able to forget about the stresses of life for a while and focus on just making memories with your family and enjoying each other. And I genuinely wanted to experience um, other people to experience the same magic with their children and their loved ones that I have. And um, when I heard, because I, you know, I would talk to everybody about everybody knew me as, you know, a Disney mom, but not really a Disney mom back when I eventually made the panel. So local friends or family or friends of friends would say, Hey, ask Kayleen, she'll help you. And, and I would just talk to people about Disney and help them plan their trips, but not in an official capacity by any means. I still will help people now as um, 
just Kayleen and not, you know, but I guess what really precipitated it all for me was taking um, those trips with my children and you as a mom too, who loves Disney knows there's really no place quite like Walt Disney yeah. world for taking your family and making memories and feeling safe and feeling apart from the rest of the world and being able to just, you know, immerse yourselves in your family and make your vacations and, you know, there's no place quite like it. And so people who truly love Disney and are Disney fans are the people who can, can and want to help other people also experience that as well. I always, um, it's such a shift when I became a mom, right? Like I would do these rides my whole life and, you know, you'd watch them and you'd sit there and you'd, you know, and then now that I have kids, I feel like I don't watch the ride anymore. Like I'm watching my kids watch the ride. And that is like better than anything you can, you know, just seeing their face and how excited they're. So when you were saying that about your daughter, you took her when she was so little, like, you know, my, um, my daughter was eight weeks when we brought her for the first time and my son was 10 weeks. So like, and and again, people say like, Oh, they're so young, you know, to anything, I think young, they, people kind of like raising their eyes at, at bringing such a young kid. But I mean, it just the magic as the parent, you know, it's just the coolest thing. So I totally feel that. Well, it is. <laughs> it is. And, and people will say, well, you know, why would you take your kids so young? They're not even going to remember it. No, but, but I, I do remember it. And so, uh, so I remember, you know, having all five of them and <laughs> crazy. That's just bad planning. We went to uh, animal kingdom for the whole day and then we did Mickey's not so very, not so scary Halloween party that night. And my husband, who's 6'5", is in this giant Donald Duck stuffed costume. And I'm Daisy. I'm nursing, so I'm sweating to death. <laughs> and we're going through the parks with a three-month-old, two-year-old, four-year-old. Jared will recall that party as well, I'm sure. And it was just like, what were we thinking? But now we laugh about it. And we look back and, you know, we look at the pictures like, oh, my God, what were we thinking? But I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. You know, it's just it's, it's all part of the Disney memories through the years. Yeah, so. it's so true. Yeah, I think um... – Truly, I'll have to show you that photo sometime, Kristen, because uh, there's there's a specific smile on my stepdad's face where he's just like, are you sure this was a good idea? Kind of like fear almost (laughs) instead of enjoyment. Um, But yeah, no, I mean. I know that face. It's weird. (laughs) Well, and it was awful. I was so hot. And as I said, nursing, I wanted to take this giant stuffed Daisy off. And he's like, no way. You made me wear this thing. You're wearing (laughs) so yeah oh yes so um you know i guess the my next question i know i mentioned a little bit in the intro but how many years were you actually on the panel for our guests uh who are listening and not our guests our listeners who are listening um and um is there a specific year or time period on the panel or memory even from the panel that you think back on the most fondly um, comparatively, I guess. Well, I was act. we always say once a panelist, always a panelist. So, um, it could take so much to get on it. You're never going to really give up that honor of ever being on it. Um, but I was, um, initially served in 2010. I was welcomed back, um, or asked to come back, I should say is how they do it now in 2011. Um, I, we have what we call the virtual bench, um, where you go, um, out after two years for for various reasons. And so then I was off in 12 and then I went back again full-time again in 13 and in 14. And then um, 
I took a break. I started a um, full-time career with the railroad, but that being said, I actually started that in 13. And so I juggled both full-time job and the panel in 13 and 14, and then um, took a seat for 15, 16, 17. I went back in 18 again. Um, and now for multiple reasons, one being my full-time career at the railroad. Second, my son, um, Jared is, uh, a Mickey travel agent. And so that, um, does, um, preclude me from being on the panel because people's um, immediate family members cannot be in the travel agency. I am, was more than happy to pass that torch on to Jared and to Molly for that matter. Um, so yeah, so I've spent my five years on the panel, 10, 11 13, 14, and 18. And my favorite year, I mean, honestly, my level of enthusiasm really never waned throughout. And I think I enjoyed helping the very last question I answered as much as I did the first. But I think my favorite year would have had to be my first because it was also new to me. It was exciting. And I tried so hard to get on the panel um, and had come so close the year before that I actually finally made it. So it was just, it was all is very, very exciting. And, you know, I had 21 fellow panelists. There were 21 of us that year. And um, I met some fantastic people who really have become dear friends to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, looking back, obviously, um, I have a distinct memory for our listeners where I came home um, from school. I was in high school, 2010. I was like a freshman in high school. Um, And I walked in and uh, you ran up the stairs faster than I've ever seen you run. And you were like, I got it. I got it. And I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> because, you know, I just didn't understand or I wasn't as invested as I should have been. But, but it, it's, it's interesting, obviously hearing, hearing all that stuff back. But, you know, I think, um, you know, and, and I'm going to let Kristen speak a little bit more on this, but, you know, you mentioned how, the love for it all hasn't never really wavered. I think that speaks to Disney just being timeless. You know, I think especially for a family and for a mom who's planning a trip, um, you know, it's it's supposed to be something where you want to go back time and time again. But before we get into that question, uh, if our uh, listener is okay with me rambling a little bit longer, I would <laughs> I would like the to listener. ask. Um, I would like to ask more of like a particular question for our listeners out there who are, you know, wanting to maybe even look into Plan Disney. Um, so what was like a work week like for you? Um, and, you know, what what sort of responsibilities did you have? Obviously, you know, we're talking about your, you helped people plan Disney trips, but what did that exactly entail as opposed to like a full-time Disney travel agent who doesn't just like help planet they book it all for you they do it all for you so so what's i guess the main difference there for you know reaching out to a planned disney panelist so um a couple of things here and i don't know if i really touched on this in the beginning so much but um being a panelist you know you get a specialty that you are you know some people are experts in disneyland some are in disney cruise line um i myself have always served as a walt disney world um, specialist specifically. And, um, with that in mind, I answer questions specific to Walt Disney world as your contract. Some things obviously are on a non-disclosure and I can't answer, but I can tell you that, um, Disney does advertise that, you know, you panelists will be required to answer a minimum number of questions per week. Um, and so those questions can be 
as simple as what time is the three o'clock parade, but they're really not going to be that simple. Some of them are looking for very in-depth paragraphs that you're writing for these people to really want to answer their questions um, and, and give them what they deserve for an answer. So um, at the time I had answered 25 questions a week and um, I would say, you know, in the beginning, it really would take me almost a half hour per question because I'm spending all this time doing, giving them really drawn, you know, thought out thorough answers where that would just fly off me, you know, the tip of my fingers. If I'm answering the same question or similar version of it, you still wanted to personalize it and, you know, make sure that Susie's getting a different answer than Bobby, but, you know, still hitting on the key points, but also personalizing it to them and to their trip. So um, I would say time commitment wise, you're looking at, you know, multiple hours per week, however long it might take you to answer 25 or whatever the quota is at the time, it could be 15, it could be 30. It's at their, their discretion of what it is that they require you to answer. So it is definitely a time commitment. And that's why once I um, have a full-time career now, it was um, not fair to myself <laughs> or to either of Disney or my employer to be able to spread myself only so thin because I do need to go to bed before one in the morning. And so it just became, you know, a lot because it is, you know, some people like, oh, I want to do playing Disney because I get a free trip out of it. No, you don't. It's it's not a free trip anyway. It's when you earn, first of all, you earn it by a lot, a lot, a lot of time put in for it. But if you're doing it just for that, please don't apply. You know, it's, it's really, we're playing Disney. I say we, but you know, once a panelist, always a panelist. They are looking for um, people who have the commitment and more importantly, the passion and the drive and the desire to share their knowledge with other people to help them plan an amazing Disney vacation that they're going to always remember. And um, so a lot of people, unfortunately, through the years, we've seen go, oh, do you get a free trip? And, you know, immediately I'm like, no, it's not free at all. I earned every second of it. So that's, that's how that <laughs> Work <is. laughs> for that trip. <laughs> You earned yeah, that trip. Yeah. Um, we talked you about know. it, talked about it, and touched on it a little bit before, but what is it that keeps people, in your opinion, going back to Disney when it's not, especially now, it's not an easy vacation? Like we just talked about, you're at <laughs> Mickey's not so scary, nursing and sweating, but like, you would do it again. Like, what yeah. is that magic that, I mean, I've been in there too. I mean, Jared, you don't have kids, but you, I'm sure, same thing. Like, you've been in situations where you're miserable, but you're like, no, I would, I'm here again the next day, ready. Like, what, <laughs> what is your take on that? Why? Why do we do this to ourselves over and over again? You know, we're a special breed, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But there's a lot of us. Um, well, for me, no two trips to Disney are ever the same, right? So, um, for me, while we have built through the years back from when we first went, when Cassia was three months old in 2004, um, you start to build your must-do list of, of sorts that are like your favorite table service meals, like I mentioned with Crystal Palace, to, um, you know, are you going to rope drop? Are you going to stay up until late? you got to watch this. Are you going to skip that? Um, and so there's that, but there's also, there's always, as you know, being in the parks all the time, there's always new and exciting opportunities to make new memories together. And, um, but you can trust the fact that you're in good hands with Disney and with the Disney, um, yes, and as a Disney travel planner or plan Disney, but also as Disney as, as a whole, you know, you're going to be safe in the parks. You know that your, your family's memories are of utmost importance to them, to Disney as a company. And, um, 
you know, vacation time, it's rare, it's precious. Families return to Disney for the familiar familiarity, <laughs> I can't even speak today, um, which is what makes it, makes it nostalgic, I think. Um, but also for the chance to make more memories together in a place where wholesome family time is a priority. And, um, and, and I think that's how they get the hook in you where, you know, I'm proud to be bit by the Disney bug, but it is something that I know Every time I go with my children, they're going to have an amazing time. The food's going to be great. The atmosphere is fabulous. The, the rides are safe. And you just start building on it. And it, it, you know, cult, you know, it just starts to become this thing where you, you just want to keep going. And then, you know, for myself, we expanded on it and did Disney Cruise. And, you know, I think Jared said it might be more questions about that later. But, you know, you just continue to experience all that Disney has to offer. Yeah, yeah I you know, I think that's that's something I was touching upon earlier for for our listeners out there. That like, you know, what what brings people back to these parks or on a trip on the Disney Cruise Line or a trip to Disney Olani or even utilizing um, Adventures by Disney. Like, you're you're never going to have the same experience, and there's so many things to see. Um, and and I'm I'm as a as Kristen can say this. I mean. And I can tell you this too, as a, as a parks reporter, as someone who's in these parks three to five days a week, I still have my moments where I go with my wife and, you know, or friends who are in town or my family when they're in town. And I still have those moments where you're like, wow, this is, this is really cool. And I'm still, I'm still enjoying this, or this is something I haven't done in a while, or this is something specific that is super cool. So um, before we get into the second half of our questions, I do want to quickly pause and mention our sponsor. As we have mentioned a few times, this episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Mickey Travels. And Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today. For a free quote on your Disney vacation at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. Now, the reason I wanted to sort of shift gears right after mentioning Mickey Travels, as we do in every episode, you know, I want to speak a little bit about, you know, how much it, how much goes into planning a Disney trip uh, as Kristen sort of alluded to earlier and booking it all and planning it all and everything. So, you know, obviously we know uh, Plan Disney is is associated with Disney directly and everything like that. And it's a little bit different, but why in your opinion should someone consider, you know, planning a Disney trip uh, by going to the professionals like Plan Disney? And ultimately, why do you think someone should, should book a trip with uh our friends over at Mickey Travels, where they can plan it all for you, give you the expert advice, and then book it all for you. Uh, what what makes it different comparatively to just being like, eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a whirl on my own and see how this goes. Well, you know, if you're gonna make the investment of taking your family to Disney, I mean, let's be honest, it's not inexpensive by any means to do so. Um, you want to be sure that you're getting the most out of your vacation dollars um, by utilizing the free free resources at either Plan Disney or Mickey Travels, um, you're going to receive expert advice and assistance by people who truly know Disney. And, you know, they'll help you plan an incredible vacation, whether you have a question about which rides are best for my four-year-old, where's the best place to view the fireworks, what are the mobility challenges for grandpa, 
what resort is best for my family? I mean, the questions are endless, truly endless that we would get on the panel and that um, travel agents receive as well, or that any given family might have their very long list of questions. And um, really it's like having your best friend who can give you honest advice and help you make the most out of your trip and say, you know, don't bother doing this ride. Make sure you do that. Your vacation time, whether it be three days, seven days, two weeks, it's a set amount of time. And you don't want to spend that time going, wow, I wish I had known that this ride was closed or I wish I knew she wouldn't be tall enough and now she's bawling because we made her go up and measure under the stick that she didn't fit under and you know, all these different things that if you have people in advance, speaking from experience on some of these things, if you have people in advance who um, you talk to about these different things and um, they tell you, hey, avoid this, go do that, don't forget to do this. You know, particularly now with Disney requiring park reservations and so many different things that people are going, oh, I'm, you know, I've had people I've talked to even recently like, yeah, we're going to go down to Disney for April break. God, do you have park reservations? What do you mean? Well, you're not going to get in, you know, and so these are, these are big things. And so, I mean, personally, I'm looking at um, taking my family on a trip beginning of next year, my entire extended family, all my children and whatnot. And I'm going to go somewhere I've never been in the Caribbean or none of us have been. And so I'm not going to just wing it. I'm already on, you know, seeking out expert advice, either from people on Facebook who I know who have been there, done that, or, you know, forums, or I'm reading feedback on reviews of places for Airbnbs. It's just wise, in my opinion, to not just wing it, go, yeah, I I got this, when you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, I felt that way. We went on a, uh, Jesse and I, our other host who's not here, we went on the uh, Disney Dream for Marvel Day at Sea Cruise, and I came back and I was like, I would Mm -hmm. never book a trip like this without an agent like there's just no like there's so many things because I had never cruised before and even now that I have I'm just my eyes are so open to all of the things that I didn't know that I probably still don't know that I'm like hold like there I can't even imagine like I I can't even imagine like having to sift through all of that information and then make an educated decision for myself like I need I need help. Like I've already said when I'm going, like I need a Mickey travels agent to help me there because there's like, there's what, like, I don't, I, it's so much work to then go have fun. (laughs) You don't know what you don't know. Right. And so you're just, you have no idea that, Oh, I I had no idea. And so by going, you know, on plan Disney panel, it is such a, um, tough process to get on them. You know, the goal is every year, of course, for them to find people who truly are experts, not somebody who went once and said, oh, I, I can tell someone about this, but people who have, you know, they make pilgrimages there every year and they, they, you know, dream about Disney in their sleep and they're true, true Disney fans who really can answer every single question that you might have. And, um, so to me, that's just a huge resource. It's invaluable for people. And a lot of people don't realize Plan Disney's out there. If they go to DisneyWorld.com and they're on the website, they might see now a days that, you know, click here for, you have vacation planning questions, ask the experts. You know, if people actually take the time and, and do that, I think they're going to find it very, very worth their time so that, you know, they're not getting there, then trying to plan once you get there. Shoot, you need to figure all this out. You know, it's too late then. You're already there and your vacation clock is ticking away. I know. I see it all the time. People are like, I didn't know I needed to do I'm like, sorry. Like, I feel so bad, you know? Sorry. I've, uh, uh-huh. you know, our, our owner of the blog, uh, 
Greg, um, he, he tells us often about a story that he experienced and he saw one time where he saw an old couple sort of walk up to the gates of Magic Kingdom and they clearly were like on their first time, they were so happy and, and they tried to scan in and they didn't have a park reservation and uh, the park was basically full. So the, the person at the gate like sent them over to guest relations and, and they're walking over sort of confused and sad. And, and that, you know, it's a simple story, but those are the little things that can change the dynamic of the start of your trip. If you didn't know that, like you're, you're there and you're feeling so magical, you're feeling so happy you get there and all of a sudden you can't get in. Like it's, there's, there's particulars you're going to want to know about before you book a trip. And, And Disney is, is something you want every moment to feel magical, as they say. You want you want it all to feel that extra special, and it's not going to feel that way if you get there and you're just like, "Oh God, what am I doing? Where do I go? What's going on?" Which I see families like that every day. Every you know, day. so yeah. And, and I can't imagine looking back now. I always had our vacations planned uh, over uh, too much to the point where my kids had coordinating outfits. You know, but we had it all figured out what park, which day. These are the dining reservations. We always made a table service reservation for each day. I can't imagine how Disney is now as far as requiring your park reservations and everything. And had I walked up the gate with five kids thinking they're going to go do something today and get turned away, it would be devastating for the kids. It'd be a disaster for mom, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's especially important now. With how things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Even the Genie Plus, too. I mean, there's so many. It's sold out now, like, two days in a row, around 10 in the morning. And it's, like, surge pricing because of spring break. And, you know, if you don't know how that system works, you're already at a disadvantage. But if you don't know that it could sell out or you, you know, like, you're just – again, imagine thinking, like, oh, I'm going to buy Genie and get on all the rides, like, not knowing <laughs> – well, any of that works like it's the same thing yeah. and you're stuck with five kids and like where what do you what do you do yeah go back to the resort pool i suppose about where me where'd you go like, <laughs> I, I would not want to be in that position um yeah. how has disney i mean disney's impacted millions of people across the globe how has it impacted you personally in your life Well, honestly, Disney's been such a big part of so many of my treasured memories. Um, Being a member of the Disney Vacation Club, which we purchased back in 2006, um, it's allowed my family to take two trips so far to Hawaii. We've gone to Alani and allowed me to send my son and his uh, bride to Alani as well for their honeymoon. That was through Disney Vacation Club. Um, but Disney in itself, I think, I think two part really being a part of so many of my memories and yet also by, um, the Disney vacation club, which I know is not really part of the question, but to me, it it is an integral part of my family's Disney experience. Um, I initially joined by the way, because I could, um, well, if you have five children and two adults, you can't fit in one hotel room. And so I would have had to get two hotel rooms connecting da 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 on every trip. And when we started to do the math, it turned out that it just made more sense to do Disney Vacation Club because I knew I wanted to go every year with my family. And we also honestly at the time said someday we can let our kids use it for their honeymoon. And Jared was able to do that. Um, So it's just it's impacted me in so many ways down literally to um, my youngest going when she was three months old. It's literally been a part of her entire life. Um, 
And so, I don't know, I can't imagine my kid's childhood without Disney, I suppose. But um, the nice thing, for example, with Disney Vacation Club is that we'll have it for, we bought it for 48 years. So we have it for a long time to come. And now I have my first grandson and intend hopefully on having a lot of grandchildren, you know, God willing. And in that case, I'll be able to take all of them to Disney as well. So it's, you know, kind of hard to put into words. No, I I hear you. I hear you. I think especially too, like there's something so magical and so special about, um, you know, I was a Disney kid. I grew up with it and, you know, we came down all the time and now I do those same things with my kids and it's such a wild, that's why I'm watching them. I'm not watching what's going on. It's so crazy to think like I did this and now my kids get to experience it and it meant so much to me, you know, and now here they do it too. And, and it, it's just, it's such a nice like full circle. It, it's just I'm going to cry thinking about it. So mom moment, getting a little misty. (laughs) Well, honestly, you know, as your kid, I'm not sure how old they are, your children are, but. um, Uh, So my daughter's eight and my son is five. So they're still, they're still little. Little. Yeah. And so as mine, um, my youngest three, they're summer babies, as opposed to Jared and Sierra, who went to babies. And the point of this is they're on summer vacation. And so I was able with my last three, uh, one year I took them each on a solo trip with me and it was just three or four days. And but coming from Massachusetts, there's nothing small about it. You know, and since then I've been able um, with Jared living in Orlando to go down and visit him and have individual days in the park with him and make our own memories that are just things that Jared and I have done together, which is fabulous too. But, you know, one year when I did the solo trips, I took Sean, um, parasailing at the time off you know at um, the contemporary and we stayed there because he really liked that resort and and Malay and I did that wild Africa trek um in the animal kingdom because she loved the giraffes and and um and then with Cassia she was nervous Nelly at the time we did that big hot air balloon in Disney Springs and some other things but but that's really neat too is that you're able to you know yes go as a big family and make memories as an entire family but you can also start doing special things with, you know, one of your children at a time and, or your, you know, one-on-one trips or whatnot are fun too. I've done it, actually gone down with my brothers, um, my mother, you know, and it's just, it's neat that you get in this giant place with the opportunity to make so many different memories for different reasons. So true. Pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. um, I think, you know, again, it's a, it's a generational thing too. Um, You know, Kristen, for example, speaks often about the Epcot that she remembers, which, you know, uh, you also grew up with. So you remember a different version of Epcot than what like this generation knows. And a lot of the people who remember mm-hmm. the old Epcot miss it, to be honest, because it, it was just... better. It's better. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it, but it's interesting because, you know, that's that it's it is based a lot of disney is based off of nostalgia you know like you're walking around these parks and you see something and then you remember a memory that you had at that exact spot and that's kind of a cool thing because most other places you visit once or twice and then you go back maybe maybe but a place like this you're going back so many times that you can walk around almost every single part of the parks and remember a specific memory from that part of the park uh, I always joke because yeah. I remember the place in Animal Kingdom that I got lost and lost my entire family. But hey, sometimes you remember good Follow memories. The wrong yeah. 
you followed the wrong grade. Yeah. It was pouring rain, in all fairness, and everyone's wearing a flipping poncho. And so, you know, he followed what looked like granny in a poncho and it was wrong granny yeah, in a poncho. But, you know, thankfully he was older. Yeah. <laughs> turns out not the right granny in a poncho, but it's all right. We're going to, we're going to move on. Um, so, you know, obviously we touched upon this earlier in terms of planning and things like that, but you know, you had your own styles with all of us growing up when we'd go on these trips. And for you, you have a big family, you have five kids and, you know, you, you've brought grand, you know, parents and cousins and, and different other family members, siblings, uh, your own siblings on these Disney trips. So what is the number one thing in your opinion that you can advise people um, if they are planning a big trip for their whole family? What are, what are the sort of things that make a difference? I know you've, you've touched a little bit upon in the past uh, and on your, you know, your, your plan Disney bio and everything you talk about, like uh, having a, a nice dining reservation or a sit down uh, quite often to have those memories. Like, are there any things in specific that you can think of that really stick out when you're trying to give somebody a piece of advice? Other than reaching out to plan Disney and Mickey travels, um, still along that line these days, I'd say do your research and have a plan because the days of winging it are, are in the past, um, especially with the park reservations that I mentioned you know, before. Um, by taking the time to plan in advance, you're going to have a much smoother trip because it used to be, you know, my, my main piece of advice would be make your um, advanced dining reservations so you can sit down and relax or start your day right, you know. Those were important things and it still is advice that I stand by because there's nothing quite like, you know, spending the entire day pounding the pavement and then getting to sit down and have a character meal or go to La Salière, which is my favorite in Epcot or, you know, something like that. It's still very, very important. But these days we have to plan. You know, that is the and And again, with between Plan Disney and, and your Mickey Travels agent, I think you're you'd be in the best hands to you know, use the resources that are out there and use them to help plan your trip. The panelists love planning. They, they're passionate about it, just like I was, you know, it's a great group of people. It changes every year, but it's still, you know, a fantastic group. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying, I'm like thinking back to all of the, like, when you said pounding the pavement and then like sitting down at a nice restaurant, I'm like, oh, you're right. Cause it's such a nice feeling <laughs> to be like, have that sense of accomplishment yeah. after like a park day. Minutes. And then like you sit down and you're like, I'm going to have a glass of wine. My kids are tired. They're not complaining. <laughs> like, it's such a nice... it's, there's there's air I can just sit here. Um, what would your advice be <laughs> for people that want to apply for the panel? Well, it sounds cliche, but that is really true because I get asked this every year. Um, and I have people who, you know, will reach out to me through Facebook Instant Messenger when the time comes because to apply because they know I was on the panel for five different years. Um, every time I say the same thing and it's to be yourself and let your Disney passion shine. I learned that lesson myself by not doing that the year that I made it to round three and did not make the panel. I wasn't myself. And I remember so clearly the dread I felt when I hung up the phone going, I blew it shoot, why wasn't I just myself? Because my own passion about Disney and the excitement I had and helping others plan their trips, that was what ultimately got me onto the panel. So, I mean, I always look at it and I tell people that um, Disney is building a puzzle every year when they make the panel and they're putting it together and they're picking which 40 to 50 to however many people they're going to select to be on the panel between new people 
and current panelists, because current panelists also have to go through an application process, a different one, but to get onto the panel as well. And so we don't know, nobody knows, but Disney really, and I don't even know if Disney knows until it happens and the people are in front of them exactly what they're looking for. So you don't know what your puzzle is going to look like, but um, you might be that missing piece. And um, so you really want to sell yourself and also, I guess, along the lines of being yourself, but also know going into the application process, what makes you unique? Because um, Kristen has a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, and so do probably umpteen thousand other people. But um, what makes your trips with your children, what skills you bring to the table, what makes you a cut above the rest? Um, The year I finally made the panel, my children ranged in age from kindergarten to college. And um, that was one of my selling points. I'm like, I don't know a lot of people whose kids range from kindergarten to college and everywhere in between. And so, you know, that was something that kind of made me fill a piece of the puzzle that, wow, we have a mom of many and, you know, with ranging in age or, you know, it, it really does vary. We have grandparents on the panel. We have single parents. We have parents with no kids. We have parents with lots of kids There, you know, there's people who aren't even parents on there. You know, it just, it varies. And so before you apply, my advice to people is sit down for a second or, or many minutes if it takes you that long to figure out what makes you unique. What can you bring to the panel that maybe somebody else can't? Um, my year, there was someone who was a vegetarian and she was able to really take those vegetarian questions and help people with where's the best place to find a vegan meal where, you know, somebody else might, you know, we do have dads on the panel too. And the dads might, you know, single dads planning a trip might reach out more to a dad because they might connect more with them. And, you know, so everyone's got something different and figure out what it is that makes you unique and what, you know, makes that help you stand out, I guess. Yeah. So the next question is really for, uh, ideally my own enjoyment in the sense where I'm hoping to get a similar answer that I have, uh, because Kristen and I have debated this topic alongside Jesse many times on this podcast. So what is your favorite time of year to come to Walt Disney World um, and why? It's not summer. I hate being hot. (laughs) It's definitely not summer. When Jared went to college, we went down just before and did a family trip to Disney before we drove over to St. Augustine and it was ungodly hot. It was hotter than the threshold of hell, I think, there. And so we were literally not going to ever go in the summer again. I can tell you that. Sorry. But um, beyond that, it's tough because the festivals at Epcot make it a little bit more difficult to make up your mind. Um, Weather-wise, it's 100% autumn. I love going in the fall for the weather. Um, I'm in New England. We have four seasons a year up here. It's starting to get a little chilly in October here, and I can go down there, and it's about 70, 80, perfect weather. And um, so I do love fall in Florida, but I also really enjoy the Flower Garden Festival and Epcot in the spring. So it's a tough question, I guess, because it's it's um, there are other factors at play, but I guess all in, I'd have to say the fall. Yeah. Well, I guess she took your side, Kristen. Sorry. I was really hoping oh. and expecting Christmas, but it's okay. It's okay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but, so saying but, that being said, uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is my favorite special event at Disney. There you go, Jared. And um, I remember taking Jared and Molly for their first time there. <sighs> and you know I was going to say that, I'm sure, because that is my ultimate favorite. But that being said, in my role here, Um, At the railroad, we are one of the few railroads in the country who run, sorry, Disney, the official Polar Express train ride. And um, with that, 
we put about 30,000 people through in four weeks. So I will never be able to get away again at Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> to go down there for, but I do love Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. I love that. And because of my love for Christmas, um, Disney, the resorts, the way they decorate, the gingerbread houses, the gingerbread yeah. carousel, all things Christmas. But, you know, you're asking me to pick my favorite time to go, and that's kind of – that's a tough one. So weather-wise, I would yeah, have to Yeah, I mean, there's – but, like, there's great things about every time of year. Like, I like the January, February time because it's just cooler and it's not as crowded. But I love now for Flower and Garden. I was at Epcot today, and – I love the topiaries and like, there's just always, yep. and I'm not a Christmas person. This is where Jared and I, this is like one of the many things that we don't see eye to eye on. I'm going to ask you about the second one in a little bit. Cause I need to know, but like oh, I'm more of a Halloween person, but I love the resorts at Christmas time too. I mean, my family makes a whole day of just going to those monorail resorts and seeing the trees and the gingerbread houses and doing all of that. So I totally yeah, there's no right answer. Yeah, resort hopping. They're all great. Says, Christian's got Christian's got surprise questions. She's I do. Tell I have surprise questions. So great. I'm going to stick to like the real question and then my surprise question. So what is your favorite Disney? Who is your favorite Disney character? Well, that's like asking me to pick a favorite child. So I can't do that. <laughs> but I to say... You know, it's funny because they, they've, you know, now that they took on Star Wars, that opens up a whole mm -hmm. new world of, you know, because Jared will attest to the fact that part of the reason he's such a big Star Wars fan is because I'm a Star Wars dork since I was a child and my my little pennies went to buy Star Wars cards, which I still have at 51. But anyway, um, that again, I, I honestly I can't say I have a favorite because it, it changes a lot um, for different reasons. I love Pooh for how my youngest has always had an attachment to Pooh. And, you know, there's just, there's different characters and I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> okay. So my unscripted question is, what do you think of living with mm -hmm. the land? Is it a must ride or a pass? It is a pass for me. <laughs> yeah. See where I get it from. There it is. This explains okay, a lot. So this explains a lot. This is where Jared and I do not see eye to eye. I'm a big living with the ride, living with the land person have been. I remember when there was like narrators okay. on the boat, like the water runs deep, you oh, know, yeah. it's like a deep love and you know, Jared does. does not support this. <laughs> And I now just, I know where look, it comes from. Is, I have to say. I remember being a kid. I remember being a kid and being at the grocery store with my mom. And back then, uh, we'd have the whole family there. It would be like siblings or maybe it was just one or two siblings with me. It just depended on the situation. And I remember going through the produce aisle. And that's what it felt like to me as an adult sitting on Living with the Land. It was just like taking a nice stroll or a nice leisurely ride through the produce aisle. And I understand this is super offensive to you specifically, Kristen, because this is like one of your favorite rides, but it's that's, that's, it's, it's my personal thoughts on the matter. I can't believe it. you're, you're doing this to yourself. You're getting yourself riled up by bringing this topic up. Here's the thing. For the most part, so, everyone has agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a first. Well, now you know what you're getting. Living with the land it is a great ride when everybody needs to get out of the, the heat and be, take a nice leisurely boat ride in air conditioning. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that get off my feet, everybody chill out. But, but I don't know if it's part way from the kids going, are you kidding me? Cause my family is all, um, we're thrill ride 
you know, and so we're on Tower of Terror and Expedition Everest and Rock and Roller Coaster, and then we're going to look at lettuce, and it just didn't do it for him. No, it so did not, apparently, because Jared did not for <laughs> Well, we, we did it a few episodes ago for our listeners, if you want to go check it out. We did a park, uh, we did a, like a Walt Disney World attraction rankings, and we ranked our top fives, and we did our honorable mentions and everything, and Outside of Pirates, which is my favorite ride in Walt Disney World, they but that's more of my love for the films and the atmosphere and everything. But like outside of that one ride, the rest of those rides on my top five list and the honorable mentions are all thrill rides because that's how I grew up. That's how that's how my family used to do it. But again, I say this only ever almost every episode. What is so special and great about Disney is you have this place that is for everybody. So if you want to go on a slow ride, if you want to go look at, I want to look at at vegetables. That's what I want to do. (laughs) If you, if you want to sit there and look at lettuce all day, you can do that. Uh, But if you want to go scream your head off and get a little nauseous and go on cosmic rewind, you can also do that. It's, it's just which Kristen doesn't want to do. So when I go to Epcot and someone tells me, what's your favorite ride? Now I'm telling you guardians, you know? And now for you, you're saying living with the land. I get Haunted Mansion is my favorite, but living with the land is. No, at Epcot. At Epcot. Epcot. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So um, I guess to like wrap up here, uh, I know Kristen asked you your favorite character. Do you have a favorite Walt Disney World park? Um, And also, can you speak a little bit about some of the other Disney destinations that you've been to? I know, obviously, Walt Disney World was sort of your like expertise, but um, I know you've mentioned you've done uh, Olani and and Disney Cruise Line. So so can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yep. So uh, let's see. To answer that part of your question, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line went on the dream um, in 2013, and Olani we've gone twice in 2016 and 2019. Um, those are the ones that I have visited so far. Have not hit um, Europe yet, but you know, someday maybe. Who knows? Um, one of Jared's sisters is currently in Europe uh, on a little European vacation for thirty-five days, and uh, it's making us all want to go there. I think now. <laughs> um, but um, favorite Disney park is also an unpopular one, I think, um, in that I love Disney's Animal Kingdom. I have always loved that park, and so um, <clears throat> it's just a different pace. It's, you know, not the hustle and bustle of the theme park so much as the feel when you walk in, you feel like you're just in another, literally another, another world. I don't know, country, whatever it is where you, it's just different. It's laid back. It's got the animals everywhere and the vegetation and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Disney Animal Kingdom is probably my favorite. Although, you know, again, I love all of them. It's kind of asking me to pick a favorite. I mean, now that Star Wars you know, we've got Star Wars over in Hollywood Studios. I always love that park anyway, because Tower of Terror is my favorite. But now that that's there, I, I love that. You know, it's for different reasons. I like different parks, I guess. Again, ask me to pick a favorite child here, so can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the way, for the listeners, it's me, but it's it's hard for her to say it is what is what she's coming to. Uh, no, <laughs> in all seriousness, thank you very much uh, for coming on the podcast. Yeah. We got to talk about quite a bit and i know we've talked about it a lot on this podcast before but like for our listeners out there the main point of this whole episode and the and the point we tried to hammer home 
um, and my mom absolutely assisted in that, was that Disney is not the easiest trip to plan. And it's, it is complicated. And, and it's, I wish it was as simple as just like book a ticket and go, but there's more to it if you want to get the most out of it. You can just book a ticket and go by all means, but you might find yeah. that things didn't go the way you wanted it. Yeah. And so using resources like Plan Disney or booking a trip with our friends over at Mickey Travels can make an absolute world of a difference. Um, and beyond that, for all of our listeners out there that are moms or our listeners out there that have children, know that those trips you're making, whether your children sort of remember it in the moment or not, they do make a large difference because I can tell you that I would not be sitting where I am right now doing what I'm doing for a living without my mother. Um, and all those trips that she brought me on, whether I knew it at the time or not, led to me wanting to pursue a career in this and wanted led to me now going to Disney multiple times a week. Uh, so I have her to thank for that, but I also just want all of our moms out there, especially as we approach Mother's Day, to remember that those trips, even if you got screaming kids, even if you got kids who might not seem like they appreciate it in the moment, they do. Uh, and it does make a huge difference down the line. So yeah, that's that's uh, Jared's once every month sentimental moment of the podcast. Let's move on. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank and. You. Uh, for all of our listeners, yeah, and for all of our listeners out there, if you want to check out more of Mickey Blog's content, head over to our website where you can get all the latest and everything Disney. We cover Disney news from the parks to the movies to the cruise line to Disney destinations all over the globe. Beyond that, you can also check out Mickey Blog all over social media. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we are launching lots of content now on YouTube. You can also watch every episode of the Mickey Blog podcast on YouTube. If you want to watch us and watch Kristen just shake her head at me and watch Kristen usually just like get upset over my opinions, you can do that. You can just head over to YouTube and you can you can check it out that way. As always, we want to thank you for listening and uh, yeah, have a great magical rest of your week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.